Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Mill Jones. It's my privilege and honor to be able to be here with you today. I thank you in the name of Jesus that this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad. Man, we're going to have a great time in the Word today, so I'm going to ask you to get your Bible, get your iPad, get your Google Pad, whatever, get a pencil, get a piece of paper, whatever you need to be able to take some notes today. So I guarantee you the Word that you're going to hear today will ultimately change your your life forever if you make a decision from the very beginning that you're going to give yourself you're going to open your eyes go ahead and say father open my eyes that i may see father give me ears that i may hear and father i make a decision to open my heart to be able to receive the engrafted word of god that will ultimately change your life forever that's my prayer for you that god has given unto you eyes that you may be able to see ears that you may be able to hear and a heart that's open and receptive to receive a right now word that will ultimately change your life forever again if you're just joining us my name is milton jones i'm the senior pastor here at ignite depot and i want to thank you for joining us today and we're going to jump right into the word in the name of Jesus. So we'll begin by making our declaration in accordance to Isaiah 61. And one that it says this, it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, to you alone, we give all the glory, all the honor and praise that is due your name. Father, we thank you that this is the day which you've made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Father was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, Father, I pray that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power and that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father, I'm asking that my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tablets of their heart. Father, I pray that people's burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed as a result of the word that will go forth on this evening. Father, in all that I pray that you will receive all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. Father, I covenant with you for miracle signs, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. When you say amen, what you're saying is, I okay, so be it. I agree in Jesus' name. Now, if you're joining us for the very first time again, I want to welcome you to the to our to our service tonight. It's gonna be a great time in the word. In Jesus name. Now we've been we started a series probably about six weeks ago talking about the title of it was Lord teach me to pray. Lord teach me how to pray. And in the first few uh, sessions, I wanted you to go back and listen to it either by way of going back on YouTube to watch it on YouTube or if you scan the QC code up there with our podcast 
um, link to it. You can scan it uh, with your phone. You can go, it'll give you a link, text you right to the podcast at Ignite to Life podcast, and you'll be able to hear those messages that's going to build you up to where we're going to be at tonight. And in the very beginning, God says, he says, I, Milton, he says, I want you to teach my people how to pray. And in fact, that's where the title of this message came from about Lord, teach me how to pray. And it's actually something that Jesus has said, you know, that his disciples had actually came to him and said to him in uh, Luke chapter 11, I'm at verse number one, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And this is what they said to him. They said, one day when Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came to him, over to him as he was finished. And this is what he said to him. He said, would you teach us a model prayer so that we can pray just like John taught his disciples? So they're coming to Jesus and say, Jesus, hey, can we, we've seen John teach his disciples a model of prayer. Will you teach us a model prayer that we may be able to pray also? And Jesus, when he's talking about model here, he's not talking about praying the same prayer over and over again. When he's talking about model here, that word model literally means a pattern or an example or a standard or a form of prayer. Because if you just say the same prayer over and over and over again, and you never say anything different, how do you know if you're ever going to get any results or not? How you Because situations and circumstances in your life change from day to day. So if you're praying the same prayer over and over and over again, if you're just saying, I'm going to pray what they call the Lord's Prayer, that what they call the Lord's Prayer is not actually the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually a model or a pattern or a form or an example of how to pray. And I'm going to go over some, some uh, review from what we did last week, and then we're going to jump in and we're going to build uh, on to what it is that we, where the Lord is going to have us to go tonight. Now, we was talking about last time, we was talking about who are disciples, because if you look at it, who's coming to Jesus asking him to teach him how to pray? It's his disciples. And what is a disciple? A disciple in its simplest form simply means someone who is a student, someone who, who is a follower. In fact, the greatest one of the greatest definitions that Jesus gave, he gave it in John chapter 8, verse 31. He, he describes what, a, what he considers to be a true disciple. And this is what he said. He said this, he says, Jesus said, this, I'm reading out of John chapter 8, verse 31. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and it says this. It says, and Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. So the first qualification in order for you to be a disciple or a student or, or, or a learner or a follower of Jesus, first of all, you got to believe in him. I mean, it sounds so basic, but sometimes people make it so deep. And Jesus, he said, just keep it simple. He says, he says they believed in him. And this is what he says. He says, for those who believe in him, he says this. He says, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, he says, you prove that you are my true followers. He says, when you when you embrace, when you hold on, when you when you hear what it is that I teach and you will begin to apply it to your life, he says, that's when you're demonstrating that you're a true follower. And see, I, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, in church, I grew up 
uh, in the Baptist church. My father was a Baptist pastor. And man, I went to church every Sunday, Saturday, midweek service, everything. And what I found out is even though I was at church all the time, I can tell you by the time I got to the age of 17 and got ready to graduate high school, even though I spent week after week, month after month, year after year in the church, when I got ready to graduate high school, there was very little church in me because I showed up, I heard all the stories, I heard all the messages, but the part I did not do is I did embrace it to the point I began to do it in my everyday life. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to put it out there. If you hear the word, if you hear somebody preaching the word, you might even you might even get goosebumps. Woo that was so good. But if you haven't put together a plan to actually apply it to your life, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I would hate for that to happen. I'm gonna tell you something that happened to me happened to me today, and I, I it almost broke drove me to tears. I was I was in a location today. Uh, Pastor Joe and I was in a location today, and this young lady had a cross on her neck. And she had a cross on it. I have to see if you have a cross. I'm going to ask you, do you really know what what's, what's up with that cross? But when I was standing there, this, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, He says, "Asked her where does she go to church." So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of glancing over my shoulder and I turned and I turned around and said, hey, I seen your cross. Where do you go to church? And she dropped her head. And this is what she said. She says, I don't have a church home. She says, in fact, I haven't been in church for a while now. And I'm like, oh, okay. I say, well, you know, there, there's no condemnation. She said, there's a reason why I haven't gone. She says, I haven't been in church since 2021. And I'm sitting there and I'm sharing it, you know, just sharing it, trying to exhort and encourage her. You know, this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm, I, I, I said, you know, she got called away because she was at work, got an honor. She's at work. And when she got called away, they was like, well, we'll see you next time. And I walked out of that door. And this is what this is what hit is what hit was the first fact that she said she had not been to church in almost two years. And I, I didn't have enough time to minister to her at the time. But the other part is I did not know of a church in that era to even re, to uh, refer her to that. I know that would teach her the word It's me. I'm going to tell you how I roll. It's not enough for me just to tell you a church to, to go back to church, but I got to, I'm going to point you to a church that I know they're going to teach you the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, so that you can be, so that you can hear the word, because the second part of this scripture that Jesus is talking about, after you become a true disciple, in verse 32, it says this, he says, if you embrace uh, the truth of his word, he says, it will release true freedom into your life. And I walked away from that young lady and I said, Father, even though I gave her, even though I provoked her to, to get back to, because she said, I need to get back to church. What I after, walked away, I said, but I did not help her because I was not able to point her in the direction that she could go and or a location that she could go or, or someone who I knew that this is what they, they she would get from it. And I it brought, almost brought me to tears. I'm like, Lord, we got to raise up our game. You know, as leaders, we got to raise up our game, put down those walls, man. For me, Pastor Jewin and Ignite, it's all about the kingdom. We don't get caught up in all that other, you know, I believe that, I believe that. Man, if you believe Jesus, 
you believe about the blood, man, we on the same plane. All that other stuff, we can work it out, but I'm not going to get in contention. You tell me what you believe, I tell you what I believe. Hey, as long as Jesus is a center port, he's the foundation, man, let's rock. So Jesus is saying this, his disciples are the ones are the ones who actually come to him and they're asking us, give us a model on how to pray. Now, we talked about this before that, you know, look, I asked God one day, why don't people pray? Why don't they pray? And he says, Milton, the reason people don't pray is because they don't see uh, the results when they pray. So they believe that prayer doesn't work. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, prayer always works when you understand how to pray effectively. Prayer always works when you know how to pray effectively. Sometimes what people call prayer is they're just, it's like throwing something up in the air, you know, trying to hope you're going to hit something. And it's like, it's, that's not the way that it was intended. God never intended you to come to him in prayer and then walk out the same way that you came in. If you come into prayer heavy and you walk out of prayer heavy. You just was talking, but you didn't get, you didn't get any the results that you was looking for. Because I'm going to tell you, if you come to prayer and you're spending time for real, for real with God, and you're talking to him and you're being sincere and you're not trying to be all super deep and everything, but you just letting your petition and remember that word petition known to the father, the father will always respond. He will always respond. Now, Jesus, again, he was giving his disciples a model or an example or a form of prayer. We talked about this, you know, uh, last week, you know, talking about when Jesus said to his disciples, he, sa he said this in, in Matthew chapter six, verse number nine, he says this. And he says, Jesus said unto them, he says, in this manner or like this, therefore, pray. And this is what he says. The first thing you say the first thing you got to understand is when you pray, who are you praying to? Jesus simplifies it. You're not praying to Mary. You're not praying to a statue. You're not praying to a block of wood. You're not praying to the angels. You're not praying to the Holy Spirit. The, the, end of, the one person that you're praying to when you come to prayer according to the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things. When you're coming to God and you're coming in prayer, this is how you're coming our father. So when you're, you're talking about our father, because he's he's a un, it's an unselfish com spirit community. Our father. Fa when I say father, I'm talking about Abba, my Abba, my Pata. In other words, I'm saying, Father, you are my governing source. You are my ultimate sustainer. You are my full supplier. And, and what you're saying is, and I didn't identify God, Jehovah God, as our source of our life. And he is our, he is our substance. He's the source of our substance, our substance, and he is the owner of our resources. So when I'm coming to God in prayer, the first thing I know I'm going to do, I know I'm coming to pray to the father. The next part I know is where is the father located? The father is located in heaven. So he says, our father who is in Heaven. Where is heaven? Heaven is a is a place of perfect beauty. Heaven is our source. It, 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 you know, our source is not on earth. Our source is in heaven. It, the, the father who owns all the resources, he is our supply and it, it, he is not limited to what's only on earth. So it says our father, our Abba, our potter, our governing source, our ultimate supplier who is in heaven, the place of perfect beauty, because our source is 
is not in the earth. Our source is from the Father who owns all the resources. Holy is your name. Now we're talking about holy is your name. We're saying pure, perfect, different, distinctive is your character, uh, is a character, is your quality, is, is, is your existence. In other words, you're saying, Father, you're my source and my sustainer, my upholder, my nourisher, my comforter. I know that you are in heaven, a perfect place of beauty, Father God. All You are my source. You own all the resources, Father God, and you are perfect. You are pure. You are distinctive, Father God, and your name, your name is, is to be reverenced. Your name is to be praised. So Jesus is saying, when you come, first of all, realize you're talking to the Father. He's located in heaven, and his name is holy or to be praised. What Now, we talked about some points last week, and, and, and this is what's going to take us down to where we're going. The first point we talked about is you must ask. You've got to ask. And, and according to, to Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7, Matthew 7, verse 7, I'm reading out a new King James Version, and it says this. It says, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. And he says this. He says, for everyone who, who asks, she receives. He who seeks, finds, and he who, who him knocks, he says, it will be open unto him. And many people say, well, why if God is the is sovereign and he knows all things, why do I have to ask? We talked about this last week, how the God, in accordance to Psalms chapter 8, verse 6, out of the New Living Translation, it says this, that God has given mankind charge of everything he has made. He's put all things under man's authority. So we must ask in prayer. Again, you're talking about praying according to the kingdom of God. Everything we're talking about tonight is it how things work in the kingdom of God or God's governing system. So it's not a religious exercise. It's not a religious practice. It's how do things work according to the kingdom of God. Now, it says, First of all, the first thing we got to do, we have to ask. We talked about this about ask, seek, knock. What is it spelled? A-S-K. You still have to ask. When you ask, when you pray, I'm going to tell you how powerful prayer is. When you pray, your prayer gives God authorization to render heavenly interference into the affairs of man. So every time you pray, because God has, he, he created the heavens and the earth. He kept the heavens. He gave the earth to man. He gave authority to the man. He gave dominion to the man. And he says, in order for me to do anything in the earth, I have to get, God has to have a man or a woman begin to pray. And when you pray, you authorize God to render heavenly interference into the affairs of man. Now, the second thing you must do, you must ask according to the according to God's perfect will. Now, how do you know what God's perfect will is? Man, it's just like a lawyer. When a lawyer goes to court, a lawyer doesn't go to court just with a whole bunch of stuff on a piece of paper. His theories, what he does is he actually goes to the law books or, or to the Constitution 
or wherever he can find where it says what the law is for whatever situation or circumstance that that individual is going to court about so he can make his petition or his request before the judge. And it's the same thing when it's talking about in the kingdom of God. When you come to it, when you're operating according to the kingdom of God, first of all, you know, you got to ask. It, it says in James chapter four, you have not because you ask not. He says, but when you're asking, he says, when you ask, you want to ask according to God's most perfect will. Why do you want to know? Why do you need to ask according to God's most perfect will? Because it says in first John chapter five, verse 14, it says, we have this confidence in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we receive the petitions or the request that we've asked of him. It's kind of, again, going back to the lawyer. If the lawyer goes into the court and he, he makes a petition to the judge, and if the, if, if the request or the petition he's made is not based off of the law or the situation or circumstance that the lawyer is making a request about, then he could he will not receive any response from the judge and the judge won't hear his case. In fact, many times he will throw his case out and he will have to go back and come back with more information and, and present another petition to the judge in Jesus name. And God says, I'm telling you right now, you got to ask you got to ask according to my will. And he says, then you have to ask in the name of Jesus. Now, what is Jesus? When you're talking about asking in Jesus name, it says in John 14, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. He says that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it in accordance to John chapter 14 and verse 13 and 14. Now, when Jesus is talking about asking in his name, he's talking about asking in my authority. It's like you're having a power attorney and you have the name of Jesus. And it's like whatever Jesus could do, you could do because you have the power attorney to do it in his name or in his authority. The fourth thing we talked about last week is, hey, you, you ask you, you ask, you're asked according to God's will. You ask in, a, in, in of course, to Jesus' name. He says, but you also got to ask in faith. We found out in James chapter one, verse number six, it says that, but when you ask, he says, be sure that your faith is, is in God alone. He says, do not waver. He says, for a person with a divided loyalty he's, is, is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. He says, when you come to prayer, he says, you want to ask in faith. Your faith, your, your what is faith? Your faith is, is persuasion. It's your reliance, your assurance, and your belief. When I'm coming to prayer, man, I'm coming to prayer already believing that God hears me. Because I know I've already, I'm asking, I've already found out in, in the word of God what his will is concerning, whatever it is I'm asking. I'm asking in the authority of Jesus' name. So when I'm coming in prayer, I'm coming in faith. I'm coming with, I'm totally persuaded. I have total reliance. I have total assurance that what I'm going to ask, I know the judge a.k.a. the Father God, who is our source, will hear. Not only will he hear, because I know I'm praying according to his will, I know he hears. And because I know he hears, I know I, can, I believe I receive that which he I have asked of him. 
And the fifth thing here we talked about, or we got, didn't get to, is when you come to prayer, you must believe when you come to prayer. So many people come to prayer and they're hoping to get faith while they're in prayer. And he says, no, when you come to me in prayer, you are, remember we just said, you have to ask in faith. So you already have to have it settled in your heart that what I, I can see in God's word, that he says that I have a right to this. So I'm going to go to the judge with my petition and say, Father, according to your word, it says, and then you, you read the word back to God and says, I'm coming to you in accordance to Isaiah 53 and 5, which says that by that he bore all my sicknesses on in Calvary's tree and that by his stripes, I am healed. I claim it for myself and I make a petition for healing in my body right now in the name of Jesus. And guess what happens? You have a guarantee that one, he heard you and you, you will receive what it is you believe. He says, but when you come to prayer, you already have to believe you receive. It says this in uh, Mark eleven twenty four. 24 says this. He says, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, it didn't say if you pray. So it's his expectation that you are praying. He says, when, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you that you receive them and you will have them but in order for you to believe in order for you to receive you've got to ask you've got to ask according to god's will you have to ask according to in the name of jesus you have to ask in faith and you have to believe that when you pray you're receiving that which you are praying for, not hoping and a wishing in a sweet by and by. And God, ladies and gentlemen, God is he sees your tears, but tears is not faith. If you're crying and begging and plead, what you're saying is I don't really believe what it is that I'm saying that I'm going to receive. So I'm just going to cry. It might work with man, but it does not work that way in the kingdom of God. So that's why we're telling teaching people, how do I Pray, because you got to understand when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus announced, he announced that the kingdom of God is at hand. And in fact, he said this in uh, Mark chapter one, verse 15, uh, the Passion Translation says this, his message, talk about Jesus' message was this. He says, at the last, the fulfillment of the age has come. He says, it is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. He says, so turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. So Jesus, he says, repent, change your mind, change your action, change your direction. He says, and come back to God, he says, and put your trust Put your confidence in the kingdom of God, which is at hand. The reason why that's so important, because the next part about prayer is once you understand our father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. He, this is the next part. Jesus is teaching his disciples. He says, this is what you pray. He says, your next part is Father God, that your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you're going to prayer, when you're going to pray to the father, 
who is in heaven in Jesus' name. You're not praying about situations and circumstances, but you're praying. And what you're saying is, Father, I'm coming in prayer. And my prayer is that your kingdom, that your kingdom or your domain or your governing influence of, uh, you know, over the, you know, the, the, over uh, territory with citizens uh, manifesting your will and your nature and your culture and your lifestyle. Father, I'm saying that your kingdom come. Jesus was teaching his prayer with his disciples. When you pray, you're praying, Father, you, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done in the earth. In the earth, he says, Father, thy kingdom come. Your domain, your governing influence come. He says, he says, uh, he says, we're not praying for things in the kingdom. What we're actually praying is, is, is Father, my desire is that your will be done. Whatever I'm praying for, in accordance to your word, I'm praying so that your will will be done. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's sovereign rulership and governing influence over his territory, his domain, uh, impacted with his will, his intent, and his purpose. So when I'm praying, Father, your kingdom come, Father, I, I, what I'm saying is, Father, I want your will, your intent, and your purpose to come right now in the name of Jesus. He says, not only do I want your kingdom to come, your governing influence to come, he says, but I also want your will to be done. Now, when you're talking about will, you're talking about, God, I want your purpose, your original intent. You're saying, God, I want your original purpose, plans, and intents to be accomplished. You're saying, Father, what, you know, what was your original intent? Whatever your original intent, that is what I want to come in the earth, in my home, in my family, with my children and grandchildren, in my finances, in my resources, Father, I want your will to be done. You know, and what you're saying is, Father, I want all things in the earth to comply and to submit and to function as you created them from the very beginning, the way that you created it to be from the very beginning. And where do I want your will to be done at, Father? I want it to be done in the earth. I want it to be done in my home. I want it to be done in my job. I want it, Father, I want it to be done. I want it to be done in our in our world. You know, when you're talking about worlds, you're talking about world cosmos. You're talking about, you know, uh, uh, the governing powers. You're talking about controlling authorities. Father, I want your kingdom in, in, in governing powers. I want your authority or your uh, kingdom to come in controlling authorities. I want your your kingdom to come in systems of influence. When you're talking about with family influences, whatever systems of influences, the family or education or financial or the government or the media or entertainment or the religion. Father, your kingdom come. Your will, your purposes, your plans be done. And I want it to be done in earth just like it is in heaven. In heaven, you know, I want it to be, Father, just, I want it to be on earth just like it is in heaven. Heaven is a government. Heaven is, is, is a system. Heaven has authority. We want the earth to be filled with your government, Father God. 
We want the earth to be filled with your values and your morals. We want the earth to be filled with your culture, with your lifestyle of heaven, Father God. Because in heaven, Father God, there is order. In heaven, there is peace. In heaven, there is perfection. In heaven, there is joy. In the heaven, it is love. In heaven, there is worship and song. Father, in other words, I'm saying, Father, I'm praying. Every time I'm praying, my prayer is, Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your plans and purposes and nature and lifestyle and intent be done in the earth that in, 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 impacts our governing powers, our controlling uh, authorities, our systems of influence, Father God, to, to change heaven, to change earth to it, the way it is in heaven. So that our earth will be filled, Father God, with your, with your moral, your values and your morals, your culture, your lifestyle, your order, your peace, your perfection, your joy, your love, and your worship. That is our prayer when we're praying according to the kingdom of God. And what I've been saying it over and over again, when we're talking about when you're coming to prayer, you're not coming to prayer, hoping and wishing. You're coming to prayer with, you're going to make a petition. What is prayer according to the kingdom of God? Prayer according to the kingdom of God is a legal demand made on the government of heaven based off of the constitutional laws. What is the constitutional? Where will you find out the constitutional laws of the kingdom of heaven? You will find them in the word of God. So when you're coming in prayer, prayer is not a religious exercise, but prayer is a legal petition. What is a petition? A petition is a plea. So you're pleading before the Father, Father, in accordance to, in accordance to Philippians 4.19, you said you will supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. Father, I make a plea or I make a petition for that in the high course of heaven. And because I'm asking for it, Father God, and I'm asking according to your will. I'm asking in the name of Jesus. I'm asking in faith. I believe that I receive it. Therefore, I have it. And what happens when you make a petition or a prayer according to the kingdom of God in, in accordance to God's and the way that Jesus is telling us to do it, what is going to happen? You will see, receive the petitions which you have desired. What happens as a result of operating according to the kingdom of God? What happens when you preach or teach about the kingdom of God? Matthew chapter 10, verse 8 tells us what are the results when you preach or teach according to the kingdom of God? It says, Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, this is what's going to happen when you announce that. He says, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cure those with leprosy. You're going to cast out demons. He says, you're going to give uh, as freely as you have received it. He says, when you go out and you begin to, to proclaim the kingdom of God, when you begin to ask God to, and you're coming in prayer and you're making a petition according to God, that God's kingdom will come, that his will will be done. What will begin to happen is you will begin to see heaven's heaven results in the earth. You will see life in earth just like it is in heaven. You will begin to see the, the influences on our, on our government, in our financial system, on, on our jobs, in our, with our education, in our entertainment and media. When you begin to petition God for his kingdom to come, 
that his will, his nature and lifestyle to come and that his will be done in the earth, you begin to see heaven in the earth. You begin to see order and peace and perfection and joy and love and worship and song. And you will have the moral values, morals and values of heaven in earth. You will have the culture of heaven in the earth. You will have the lifestyle of heaven in the earth. You will have the government or the influences, the government affluences in earth, just like they are in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no destruction in heaven. There's no killing, stealing, and destroying in heaven. God says, when you come to pray, first, our Father, I'm praying to the Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Father, we pray your kingdom, your influence, your nature, your will, your purposes come, that your will, your intent and purposes and plans be done in the earth, just like they are in heaven. Those are practical parts of praying. We know how we ought to come. Now we know what our focus is when we come is not on my four and my no more. My focus is, Father, that your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When Jesus came, he preached the kingdom of God. He came not that his will will be done, that this father's will will be done. When we pray, we're praying, Father, that your kingdom come, that your will be done in the earth, just like it is in heaven. And when we begin to pray, when we begin to petition, when we begin to make our demands known according to your word, Father, then we know that you hear us. We know that because you've heard us, we know we can, we believe we receive it because we believe we receive it, Father God. We go out in joy. We go out in peace. We go out Father God, with love, we go out, Father God, knowing that situations and circumstances are changing because we made a demand according to your, your will and your kingdom will come in earth just like it is in heaven. But in order for that to happen, you have to ask. Now, how do I know that to be true? Because it's the same thing that happens with salvation. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, Remember, the qualification to be able to even pray like this is the first step is you have to be born again. In fact, it says that, you know, when you're praying, our father, which is art in heaven, the first thing you want to make sure is you are truly a son of God, a child of God. How do you know you are truly a child of God? Because it says this in Galatians chapter three, verse 26 out of the Passion Translation, it says this. You have be all become true children of God by your faith in Jesus Christ. So if you've never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, and you'd like to do so tonight, man, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that. It's the simplest thing you could ever do. We just told you how to do it. Simply this. He says this. He says, you have to ask according to his will. It is God's will that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. He says, you got to ask according to his will. You got to ask in the name of Jesus. You got to ask in faith and believe you receive what it is that uh, that you're asking for. Now, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9 and 10, it says this. It says the word of God is near you. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, 
what with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, what, what are we going to do? We've heard the word, right? So we know that it's God's will for you to be saved, right? So what are we going to do next? We're going to make a demand or we're going to make a plea and say, and we're, how we're going to do that, we're going to confess or acknowledge that Jesus, you are Lord, and you're going to you're going to say, I believe that God raised you from the dead. And, because, and based off of those merits, you he's heard you. You'll receive that which we, you, you desired of him and you will be born again. Now, if you've never if you made Jesus the Lord of your life or you might have made him the Lord of your life, but you know, you haven't been living right. Man, it's a great time to rededicate your life. And we're going to do that with you right now. Say this simple prayer after me. We're going to plead before the high course of heaven. Say this. Dear Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. You pray that prayer for the very first time. We want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Welcome you back in the right position. Welcome to uh, being in a right relationship with God. Man, what do you do now? You got to get in a word-based church. Man, we talked about that at the very beginning. It teaches you about the death bearer of Jesus Christ, but it also teaches you about the kingdom of God and also about the love of God. We know that Ignite is such a place. So if you want to you know, join us here each week at 6 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time, or you want to uh, catch us at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'd love to have you join us. And... Um, you know, if, if you want to go back and listen to this message again, you know, you want to you don't want to watch it, but you want to actually uh, listen to us. scan the QC code for the podcast. You'll hear this message and all the other messages we preached up to this point. On behalf of Pastor Juin and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this. God loves you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. God bless you.